Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I am James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, until the end of time. And sometimes we have days that have to be split in two. And today mm. is one of those days. Yeah. This is it felt weird to have duly sacrifice be the middle of the day. Correct. I <laughs> here's here's the situation. I think that this was the right call to make because it was like it feels weird to do an emotional moment and then go so anyway, then this happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. this happens. So anyways, um, <laughs> now we're in a new episode, so here's this happening. Um, So we're going to be looking at Agent Carter, season one, episode seven, starting at 3648 and going to the end of the episode. Then you're going to roll right into uh, Agent Carter, season one, episode eight, which is the season finale, and you're going to start at 104. I believe that is um, just skipping the previously on. Mm-hmm. And you're going to end at 547. The SSR office is devastated by the loss of Chief Dooley. Jarvis reminds Carter that Leviathan hired Leap Brannis to steal something from Howard, and they realize it could be Steve's blood. Meanwhile, Dottie walks her newly acquired baby carriage down the aisle of a movie house, much to the dismay of some of the patrons. Sorry, much to the dismay of some of the patrons. She fakes a cough so that no one thinks twice about her holding a handkerchief handkerchief up to her nose as she pulls back the blanket to reveal a gas canister. She opens the canister to release the gas and walks out of the theater. Fenhoff bars the door with a crowbar and they walk away. Where he got the crowbar, I'll never know. Thompson, Carter, Jarvis, and the scientists, I capitalize scientists because that's their role, go to the lab to see if Steve's blood had been taken, but they find it present and accounted for. So then they have to try to find what had been taken. They discover that item 17 has been taken, but Jarvis doesn't know what it does in the most realistic, like, item 17, what does it do? I I don't know every item. Like, <laughs> you're not a pilot. I know every pilot in the world. People are making out in the theater and, like, stealing popcorn from their friends and stuff. The guy who griped about Dottie with the baby carriage starts coughing. Then the old lady who told Dottie not to worry about him starts to cough, too. Soon, most of the room is coughing. Though that doesn't stop one dude from being like, enough with the coughing! Then all of a sudden, everyone is attacking each other all around the room. A couple arrives late to the movie and is escorted to the theater by an usher, credited as an usherette, which like, come on, who is confused to find the door barred. She removes the crowbar and opens... (laughs) Right, exactly. It's the definition. Absolutely. It's the title track. She removes the crowbar (laughs) and opens the door to find everyone in the theater is dead. And then that guy who wanted to find cheap parking turns to his wife and says, you're welcome, Margie. You're welcome. This doesn't happen on screen. Thompson, Sousa, and Carter (laughs) arrive at the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Thompson, Sousa, and Carter arrive at the scene. The detective on the scene, who is named but not actually named, like he has a name, it's credited, but I don't remember them ever saying, hey, detective so-and-so. It's not so-and-so. He's credited as, as Detective So-and-so? That's right. It's too, it's, He's Sousa's cousin, and that's reflected in their similarity <laughs> of the spelling of their names. That's good. Um, Sue and Sue. The detective on the scene tells them that there are 47 dead. Peggy and Thompson examine the dead while the detective shows Sousa to the theater. Sousa finds the baby carriage and, res- and is relieved when he doesn't find a dead baby. Then he notices the gas canister. God. He, What? Just It's just such a morbid thing. Like, when you do think about that... I mean, that, like... No, I mean, I understand that. 
it's that it's that when you realize for a second what that actually did imply you're like oh my god actually yeah that that's <laughs> fucked up yeah he picks it up but is immediately sprayed in the face with one last burst of gas he starts to cough thompson and carter are at the door of the theater when this happens so they run over to help susa grabs thompson and starts to choke him peggy comes over to pull susa off of thompson but susa just smacks her aside that's when a uniformed officer comes over and knocks Daniel out with his billy club. Elsewhere, Dottie drives Fenhoff away from the crime, with the suitcase containing item 17 in the back seat. They discuss the merits of NYC, and Fenhoff tries to convince Dottie that NYC isn't like any other city. Then they agree how fun it will be to tear it all down. Then they get pulled over by a cop. Fenhoff, A, I think probably what I meant to write was, Fenhoff says they shouldn't be... They shouldn't bring unwanted attention to themselves as the cop walks over. They play it cool, and the cop is walking back to his car when an APB for Dottie and Fenhoff comes on his radio. He realizes that the APB is for the car he just pulled over and turns around to see Dottie holding a gun on him. That's the end of the day and of the clip and of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Yeah, James, there's a lot that happens in this episode for sure. Um, I think... That one of the interesting things, though, about so you were talking about the uh, the the moment where they're in the lab, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, he took this item, right?" Here's a quick question, though: the item number was the SSR assigned number, right? Not a Stark assigned number. Item seventeen. Um, I don't know. I don't know. They aren't clear about that. Because like I'm, I'm trying to recall because, because we've seen them do numbers on on items, you know, um, like technically around this same time, right? You know, because of uh, because of Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. So right. we know that they do go through and have things, and they they you know lacquer on some paint. But I'm 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 confused about whether. Um, funny enough, if you just try and simply look up item seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's or or I mean not just that word right I mean like specifically like in uh, like with Agent Carter SSR all that other stuff uh, it actually has a huge amount of issue right like and it's because technically it's known as midnight oil right and that's what we which we'll find out yeah next I episode. think technically next episode yeah sorry yeah. No but I mean, it's it's this thing of like it's there's also not a single picture oh no wait hang on. nope I actually found it. Okay, item number 17, it is listed as item number 17 by Stark Industries. Which makes sense because it um, feels like they look to Jarvis like, hey, item 17, what does that mean? Right, that's true. And but I also, he was like, I don't know, I didn't look at... What, it would also uh, just be really funny if it's like, you guys numbered it, you know what I mean? Right. But still, yeah, so what's interesting is there is an insane amount of... Uh, of like I think this is to represent that he invents a shit ton of stuff, right? Because it's number seventeen, but it also has to be n- number seventeen in a specific lot and other things, right? Right. right. So on the label for it, there is a stamp that says six one six five three A. Uh, six one six. Hmm. Oh, uh, true. Or it might be six one zero. Hang on. Yeah. I do apologize. It is six one zero five. So that's the you first sounded part. like Professor Frink just now when you were that close. Oh, I apologize. It. <laughs> <laughs> then on the right hand side of the label, top corner, 
65-D368. Okay, cool. That's something. Then there's another part of the label, F9-801FP. Then there's D4-561-805. Then number, uh, number 17. Then 5D89-224-8750-R, four, and it's either an 11 or H. Because it's kind of it's kind of faded. There's like a like a something slightly missing from it. Oh, it also could right. be an N actually. It's like it's like really weird. It's like a there's parts where like the ink is like clearly not like slackered on perfectly. And then right. finally, lot seven G. So these are probably all things that are like this represents what kind of uh, like material is used. This is the serial number. If I can, if, you like, read if the, F, the FD number again. The F number again. The F number was F nine dash. 801 FP. It sounds like a because 7G is the sector of the nuke of the uh, nuclear plant that Homer Simpson works in. Oh, hmm. um, and so I was like, were, are they referring to us? And that that um was it like a like a reference kind of thing? F nine eight hundred one FP sounds like you know they have seven F two four eight F O one sort of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, is that something? And I don't think so. I don't think so, but. I think it'd be funny if there was like this hidden reference to like something. Anyways. So there's no 17 on it at all. Uh no, there there is. Oh, it's okay. just it's just one of the final things. So that, oh, okay, that that's you, what I was trying to get to. I'm so sorry. Or not get to, but you know what I'm saying. Like the the concept of it says number 17, but if if you're reading left to right, right, for all of these, mm-hmm. you have a top left and then a top right, then a middle middle. Only on the right, then a uh, second to last left and right, then finally number seventeen in the bottom left corner, and bottom right corner is lot seven G. So it's like the second to last thing about it, but it also makes a little bit more sense, right? Because like you would say number seventeen, you're not gonna go, oh my god, they took item D four five six one eight zero five, and they go, no, that would be the serial number. And like, oh, how do you know that? Every serial number for start starts with D, right? Or, or currently, like in this year. We're only on, you know, we're only on D. Neck, you know. D's nuts. Okay. Come D's on. serial numbers. <laughs> Come on. D's finale deaths. Um, uh, anyway. So, um, yeah. It, but it also reads like a, like a, um, an address, like a post, you know how the postal workers read from the bottom sure. to the top yeah, of an yeah. address? So that's interesting too, because it's like, okay, start 17 and then it goes up to like, that top stuff is just like, yeah, this is, num- this is the green one. Like, mm. Mm-hmm. It's it it gets less details as you go up. That's uh that's really interesting though. Where did you you found that on the MC Wiki? I'm assuming. Uh, I did. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. that's where we're at with the item. So, yeah, it, yeah. He definitely wouldn't know everything. Although it is very right. funny though that in every other scene, he's like, "Oh my goodness, yes, it's this, it's this item, and it does this, and it does that, and oh please don't touch," you know, and like. <laughs> but also, it also sort of points to. As we'll see, like this is a thing that Howard doesn't talk about, doesn't That's brag sure. about, doesn't bring up. Like, oh man, I made this vest for cold weather, but it had this issue with the whatever and such and such and such and such. Like he was so ashamed of this that he he didn't even like. I'm not even gonna gonna go there. Like, I don't talk about this with anyone. Now, there's no guarantee that the other items that we've seen 
um, weren't also invented before um, he became employed by Stark. Right. But it's also, I think, interesting to note that this was invented before he became employed by Stark. Right. So, right. like, that is one of those things where, like, that's probably also why he doesn't know about it. Because right. it was like, this thing happened, and then shortly after, he, right. uh, you know, was employed by Stark. But, right. like, if, you know, if you're going to employ someone and, like, have them trust you and stuff like that, you're probably going to keep that one fucking close to the chest. Right. And all of this is going to be explained uh, in the next, like, tomorrow, right. basically. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I do... Yeah, Before we can move we past in, it. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. So we everything. Uh, I do want to, to look around some stuff at the theater. If we yes, can, yeah, for sure. There's something that I'm super, super stoked about. Are there posters for movies and stuff? Yes. There Ooh. are posters for three. Well, there, there's one poster that I saw, and apparently there's two more. Can I ask two a more. question? Sorry, real fast. Before you, before you get into it, can I ask a question and make a guess, basically? Sure. Because of like how excited you are, but like you have such a big smile about it, is it possible... That all three of these posters represent that, like, they're wildly different times. So, once again, we're in a situation where it's like, when the fuck does this happen? No. Okay. No, no, no. That's why um, I really thought you were excited to be like, totally, yeah. let me tell you, it's crazy because one of these movies doesn't come out for another two years. I was well, really waiting for that. These are all fictional movies. Oh. Okay. So, Interesting. I agree. Oh, that The look that I have on my face happens when this makes no sense mm-hmm. or... Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't believe they put this in, and it's this one, the one about oh my god! I put the, it, that they put this in. Um, okay. So, two of the movies, Hot Lead Alley and Gray Was the Night, great movie titles. There's no information about them. They are literally just titles. Those are those are great names. I would yeah. watch both of those. Hot Lead Alley, yeah, excellent. Oh, you Especially know what that is? I know what that is. That's Batman. Hmm. That? Wow. And Gray Was the Night, frankly. True. Yeah. It's you know what? It's they felt the need to once again show the origin story two more times. Right. That's exactly. It it's it's the same movie, except it's a different soundtrack. Get back, um, DC. I'm kidding. I'm so sorry. That's so rude. I uh, I checked uh, Batman the Animated Series out of the library mm-hmm. and Matt was like, why do you have this? This is DC. Uh, I was like, I have indoctrinated you so well. But and also like, Batman's some, the exception, buddy. Yeah. But also, and- let me tell you, <laughs> this guy, this is like the guy. Like, Batman is the one exception, frankly. Um, until I watch Legion, um, Legends of Tomorrow, I might. It feels like very time travelly. I've heard good things about it's, it. So. It's pretty good. I also yeah. have to say there's a few, you know, kind of eh moments in it, mm. but genuinely, Arrow, I love that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was an incredible. I think it's yeah. one of the best things that DC's done in years. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so the third movie is the one that I actually saw the poster for. It was hilarious because I kept, it kept, like, the poster is just visible and then they cut away. So I kept having to be like, pause, damn, rewind. Pause, damn it, rewind. And then I got to the MC Wiki and they're like, here's just a full-on view of the poster, just a perfect shot. I'm like, perfect. So this movie is called The F Stands for Freedom. I feel like we've talked about this before. Colin, um, I don't think we have talked about it. Or rather, the F stands for Yet. freedom. Oh. Because Interesting. a memorable performance in this movie is given by Whitney Frost. And she is on the poster. 
This is a Whitney Frost movie, and it is, in fact, going to be referenced by Jarvis in season two when Peggy's like, who is Whitney Frost? And he's like, oh, she was, she's a movie star. She was in, like, the F, stand for, the F Stands for Freedom. They've had this ready to go since, like, day one, then. Basically. That's, okay, that's crazy. Because to me, I was like, I feel like I've definitely seen or heard or whatever or talked about it well, because and I've it's watched the show before. It's a re- right, exactly, exactly. Uh, it's a reference to. Um, it says it's a reference. This doesn't make sense because the reference doesn't really make sense. But it says the title of the movie is a reference to the famous line uttered by the ultimate Marvel version of Captain America. Do you think this letter on my head stands for France? But yeah, so the F stands for freedom. I, it apparently doesn't star Whitney Frost, or actually, it does say it stars Whitney Frost. It says, <laughs> uh, I saw somewhere that was like, oh, her name is. Um, it says the F stands for freedom was a movie which played on May 8th, 1946, New York city starring Whitney Frost. Also we're, a, um, we added a day in somewhere because it, uh, because of the, like the, you know, the Martinelli dinner fiasco, we are on <laughs> di- yeah. day. Uh, this is, uh, the end of the, Oh no. So yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So yes, that is, uh, the F stands for freedom, which we will reference in season two when we meet, uh, an actress in Hollywood, which is kind of fun. And then the only other two things I have in, in my notes section are not about the theater. Do you want to talk about anything about the, what I called movie brawl before we move on to something else? Um, I just want to say that, uh, this was a pretty wild scene to watch, right? Yeah. And it's that thing of, it gives me like the this is the TV PG or maybe PG thirteen TV MA fourteen whatever right version of the church scene in Kingsman. Have you ever seen that movie? I have seen Kingsman. You I've know seen when they go to the church, the first one and the second one. It's in the first one. Yeah. And Colin, uh, wait, Firth. Firth. Yeah. All of a sudden, I doubted myself. Colin Firth goes into that church and has that huge fight sequence. I don't remember that. Clearly, it's time to watch that that those movies again. Um, it's the one where it's just a slaughterhouse. I mean, okay. everybody fucking dies, yeah. and it's fucking brutal. I mean, like there are things that you don't think or expect to see in a in a movie, especially when they're like, "Oh, well, they're in a church or whatever," right? Right. Holy shit! Okay, stop. Time out. Is Ghost Ship the one where? Uh, they're just like, oh, come check out these, and then he's like, oh, and then they fall. Wait, oh no, they're at a. It's a. It's like a. It's like a formal ball, and everyone's yes. dancing. Yes, and, and then, then the the thing slices through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then, when, yeah. but then later on, when they go onto the boat, like later on oh, in oh, modern day, and there's a yes, ghost that's yes, like, yes. look at these, and he's like, ha, 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 and then he falls to his death. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, good uh, shit. We, I watched that with my with the girl I was dating in college, and uh, she, I guess. We always joked that she was like this like spoiled rich girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she necessarily was, but when we watched that movie, she was like, "All the rich people just died." And, and like, it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you know, the the girl that was too short to get killed by that didn't and that would that felt like an attack on tall people and uh so I never watched it again. <laughs> it's also not a good movie, but anyway, it's, I mean, it's right, okay. but that that, okay. that first scene is memorable and that's what oh, I think of when when that I hear shit was like crazy. everyone dies. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's and that's and that's exactly what this is though, like, right? Yeah. Like I mean, and again, this is also because that's what the Battle of Finale was. And like right. this is him 
basically double checking to make sure that this is it was 17 right let's release it here and <laughs> well because the thing is i make think sure that it hasn't gone bad he knows mm, i can't talk about this yet can i yeah right mm, okay um here, here's what i can say he clearly knows something about it right okay because he gets to the box in the last episode and he, he right. opens the crate and he looks very clearly emotional and says, yes, this is the item that I need or want. Right. Right. And then he closes it. And then she even is like, great, we're just going to go do this thing. Right. It goes, eh, this requires further testing. Right. And then they right. walk away. So clearly he knows that he's looking for something. But also what's interesting is that in that moment, he does recognize that he could be wrong. Right. And is yeah. he? Did he get what he actually came for and it turns out this thing is fucking terrible? Or what? Right. What is that situation? Find out next time on Timeline <laughs> Scavengers. Is it, it's too bad that we weren't ready to cut because that would be fucking great. Right. End. Absolutely. Anyway, and now for the post credit scene, which is going to be <laughs> 20 more minutes, I think. <laughs> um, meanwhile, <yeah>. right? <laughs> uh, every time, uh, meanwhile, Back in whatever I think of uh, Stranded in the Jungle. Mm -hmm. You know, that the, the song I mostly know, it's an oldie, but I mostly know the Voodoo Glow Skulls version, and uh, huh. it's very good. Uh, you should you should check it out if you don't know it. A couple more facts here when, um, and that's facts. Um, uh, when they get pulled over, there's a song on the radio. It is I Got It Bad and That Ain't Good, mm -hmm. uh, which was written by Duke Ellington and Paul Francis Webster, but this is the Benny Goodman uh, featuring Peggy Lee uh, version of it. Do you think about how intentional that is? Peggy. Huh. Oh, no, I meant Benny Goodman. Oh, I think I think all of it's intentional. Absolutely, for sure. Um, I I really appreciated that it was an older song. It was it came out in 41. Yeah. And I appreciate because I think that what I would screw up as a, as like a music supervisor in this kind of period is trying to only do like that year kind of thing. Right, exactly. So welcome to the music of 1941, Renita Parker. Um <laughs> We've gotten every one of those emails. You can stop. No, I'm kidding. Absolutely. This is a song. Uh, I was frustrated with Billboard because their website is awful. But also, um, I couldn't find. Um, the Hot 100 only goes back to 1958 when That's the funny. rock and roll era starts um, with Poor Little Fool by Ricky Nelson. Um, but uh, this song peaked at number 25 in 41. That's or 42. I went with 41. Um, and so what I did real quick was um because it, it was like the 1941 42 whatever it peaked at 25 so it's hard to like you can't there no one has like top 25 what i did was i wanted to see how if like we could pinpoint like exactly like how old this song would have been at this time i right. abandoned that when i couldn't figure out when it peaked at number 25 but i did look at the hot 100 five years ago from tonight um to see how like Say that again. Which part? You looked at the top 100. So the the, the Billboard Hot 100 is five the years ago. From five years ago, uh, which like, would be the same amount of time. 2017, you mean? Yes. Okay. Okay. So okay. Same, now I get the same amount of time between okay. when they're listening to the song on the radio and when now I'm following. Okay. It was released. Right? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. So a song that five years ago had peaked at number 25. It's it's actually really cool because I went like starting with about right around now and i went back like a month and f 
for that whole month on the Hot 100, there was only one song that had peaked at number 25 on the whole chart. It was kind of wow. cool. Wow. Um, and that is Young, Dumb, and Broke by Khalid, which I don't know I don't very know well, but I, it's a, I, I think I've seen it used in some TikToks and stuff. I think it's pretty good um, hmm. from what I've heard. Now, just to double check, you said you were looking for it from tonight, but it is now past midnight. So is it still going to be relevant? Yes. Okay. And uh, what I should have done, though, is look at when this episode is going to come out. Ah. So actually, I do want to do that real quick, um, just just really fast. This is going to come out on 1221. We're almost at Christmas, baby. We are. On the 23rd of December, 2017, there were no songs on the chart that had peaked at number 25. Damn. Which is an interesting statistic to know. Um, what can you do with that information? Uh, this sell podcast? it to the Russians. Oh. Yeah, this podcast. What's that? Just the, just the one, not the other one. Okay. Wait, which one? <laughs> uh, the uh, podcast one, for sure. Unless the Russians offer a really good... Wait, no, no, no. Just the first one. Just the first one. Mm. The second one. Oh, God. Abort. All right. Uh, I'm not actually finding anything. So we're going to go with Khalid, Young, Dumb, and Broke. Okay. I'm, um, I'm fine with it. It's funny that like it it was so perfect. Yeah. And it then, worked out like perfectly. Yeah. And then it wasn't it wasn't there anymore. Uh, in, in December, there doesn't appear to have been a song on the Hot 100 that had peaked at number 25. But again, I think that it can be perfect because, again, we can still go with the explanation that you did the first time. Well, I mean, that means, yeah. I mean, tonight it, when we record it. And also, like, I, you know. Like a month before, we're basically recording this a month before it comes out. And also, and we put out a lot of content for folks. Like maybe no, get but, off our backs. You know what I'm saying? Get all the way off our backs. But no, uh, it's. I mean, we don't know how far, how old, the five years. Anyways, it's it's all good. Khalid Young Dumb and Broke is basically the uh, I got it bad and that ain't <laughs> of good of everything. of 2022. Oh, oh wait, yeah, yeah, I did that the yeah. wrong way around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um. So then the APB goes out. Yep. Um, I, did, I didn't write the whole thing down. But they refer to a black Dynaflow with a license plate. Right? And they'd give a description of the, you know, of, of Dottie Underwood. Mm-hmm. So I looked up what Dynaflow is. And it's a type of automatic transmission. It's like an experimental type of automatic transmission. Which means they referred to this car because it was in it would have been a buick roadmaster actually it was a little bit ahead of its time this there wouldn't have been dynaflow systems yet because the first one was put in in 1948 howard stark howard stark exactly (laughs) as we always say if there's technology that's too soon it's because howard stark invented it early Um, and you know what it's a prototype which means it's incredibly flawed and it and actually dynaflow was incredible like it it, oh it so this does work out perfectly it's exactly it's basically what it was there for was when you when the automatic uh, transmission shifted gears, it used to be like, you know, that like, yeah, uh, that, like, it jolt. smoothed that out. Mm. But what it what it what the cost was of that was that everything was less efficient. And I'm pretty sure it used more gas because it was like it was just it just used torque to like do all this stuff. And like all the things I was reading were like, and that's just dumb. Like, that's just ridiculous to have done that so it was literally like hey buy the new dynaflow it's awesome and they're like uh reader it was not awesome so um Ron it, Howard was, going, it was not it was not on that him um let's see 
it was developed by General Motors Buick uh, from late 1947 to mid-1963. Jesus, um, that lasted forever for something that didn't work yeah. well. Right, exactly, because it was like, it was like you know, spoilers. Spoiler alert, it was like a spoiler. Um, <laughs> okay. It was introduced for the 1948 model year only as an option on Roadmaster models. It received some early testing. Oh, that's this is why I wrote this down. This Dynaflow thing that they put in Buicks received some um, severe early testing in the M16 Hellcat tank destroyer, which which were built in Buick's Flint assembly plant during World War II. So they're like, hey, we've been trying to work on this new automatic transmission. Do you mind if we put it in your tank destroyer? Um, It's a smooth transition when I'm crushing people's bodies. (laughs) Exactly. You hate hate, you're handling all this ammunition. It's like, are we shifting in the third gear? And it's like, nope, you're shifting into tank. Someone's living room. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And then that is it for non Avengers Ensemble notes. I don't have anything else. So if you want to hit the Avengers Ensemble, Let's let's go for it. Avengers Ensemble. Um, I've started, by the way, uh, noting when people are primarily stunt people. Okay, um, good. Because cool. we've we've seen recently that it's like they were in these seven things, and you're like, you're right. uh, and they were always... also in all these other things. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's also always like for stunt, 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 stunt. Right. Oh shit! Yeah, it's stunts. Yeah, when it's like it opens to stunts because there's 250 credits, but there's also nine credits of other things. So right. Um, I will stick with, as always, I stick with what they're what I'm going from. So like if a director also writes, but they're just mm. directing, I only give the director credits. I don't know if I've made that clear to the listener. Oh, I don't think you have. I yeah. don't think you've made it clear to me either. And I think that's exciting. So like if it's writing, if they do if like Chloe Zhao both directed and wrote Eternals, mm-hmm. among other people writing it. So I'd read her both her director and writing credits. Cool. If she'd start in it too, she would, we would also done her acting credits. Anyways. Cool, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So middle aged man, which is the guy that that says, "Hey, a baby, come on, I'm I'm here to show my wife a good time because that's how I sh- express myself." Again, go that. to therapy. Right. Exactly. This is my therapy. My therapy is watching these fucking cartoons. So put on the cartoons. <laughs> There's no one to stop me this time. He's played by Chris Palermo, uh, and he is primarily a stuntman. Cool. Uh, but he has acting credits in Logan, where he played a Reaver. Mm-hmm. Reaver? Yeah. Um, whoever those people that were kept getting cut up by Laura Kinney. Um, Man of Steel, he was in Live Free or Die Hard, which, Colin, is tonight's episode's uh, recurring credit. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, he was in the... Um, a movie that I always heard rumored existed among the halls of my high school, but turns out actually does exist called shriek. If you know what you did last Friday, the 13th before there were scary movies, there was a movie called shriek. If you know what you did last Friday, the 13th, which combines screams. I know yeah. it feels last summer and Friday the 13th. Yeah. That, like hurt my brain to hear that. I did psychological. Yeah, so they started calling damage. them scary movie instead. And so right. then, right. Um, this was the one that like was sort of the prototype. It was sort of the Dynaflow of scary movie. Uh, mm. movies. But luckily, yeah. we didn't do it for seventeen years before we finally <laughs> exactly. Over. Uh, and he was also in L.A. Confidential, which I keep noting people in this season mm. were in L.A. Confidential, but next season is the season where people should use their experience in L.A. Confidential, where 
I don't know what there. I keep mixing it up with, but every time we've mentioned LA Confidential, I keep going in my head the video game, and then I go, no, wait, no, that's not that. So I don't know what I'm thinking of, but there's definitely something that every time you say LA Confidential in my head, I think it's the oh LA Noir. Oh, okay, right. Which is funny because those titles and that movie and video game and those titles are completely interchangeable because I yes I agree. LA Confidential is yeah. also <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, woman, who is his <laughs> wife. Um, oh God! But they didn't call her middle-aged woman because you know, right? You don't talk about a woman's age. Uh, stay tuned next for elderly woman. Okay, so Mary Beth Manning is the actress that plays woman, uh, and she—the closest thing I found to something nerdy that she was in was she was in one episode of The Wonder Years, um, where she, you know, suburbia uh, was the subject of uh, mm, yeah. most of that show. Um, elderly woman. Because, you know, once someone reaches a certain age, you can't help but contact or con- comment on their age. Uh, it's played by a woman named Sandra Lee Gimple, which does sound made up. Hmm. She is primarily a stunt woman, which is awesome. That rules, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but her acting credits include one episode of Lucifer, two episodes of Henry Danger, which I mentioned in case my kids ever listen to it, listen to this. Um, one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She was an adaptation she was in one episode of the 1994 miniseries of The Stand. Then I have a credit that I want to come back to because I didn't look this up, but it, I, I, I could be remembering the movie wrong. This may be like a, there will be a follow-up later because we're recording Mike's episode after this. So maybe I'll put it in those notes if I do a follow-up. But uh, she was in one episode of the original Battlestar Galactica uh, show. She was in one episode of The Bionic Woman, I believe as a professional wrestler. And... She was in two episodes of the original Star Trek series, including the first one. She was in The Cage, which is the first episode of Star Trek, um, wow. I believe. Now I'm doubting myself. Anyways, she was in two episodes of, of the original series of Star Trek. Hell um, yeah. But the credit that I skipped over was she was in the movie Airplane. And it said that she was uncredited, but that she played Girl Scout in Bar. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with Airplane, but here's the situation. Mm-hmm. It's a flashback to a bar where um, the main character is mourning whatever. And the and it was like, oh, it was a, it was a really, you know, it was a, a bar where a fight was breaking out every, every, you know, every two minutes. Just then, these two Girl Scouts start, like, having a knife fight. This woman was born in 1939, and Airplane came out in 1980. So I need to go back and watch that scene on airplane and see if there is a like a like a, a late middle-aged woman dressed up as a girl scout who is also in this fight. Um cuz I know that there is a part where like they're they're like wrestler like elbow dropping yeah. and stuff. And I wonder if they if they switched to her for the elbow drop stuff. That's funny. Yeah. But like I seem to recall they were like g- girls like Yeah. Like, you know, Dottie at the school aged girls yeah. like 10 year old daddy sort of stuff but um so that is uh sandra lee gimple uh usherette come on guys which was uh was a character played by diana gettinger getting her job title womanized um she was in the taylor swift wildest dreams video as a makeup artist uh people will recall the taylor swift wildest dreams video features her as an actress makeup artist is the w- woman that played the usherette Wildest Dreams also got a lot of flack for 
like being set in 1940s being filmed on location in Africa. It was this whole thing. That made me laugh, though. Not laugh, but I found that fascinating because for a second I was like, why are you including that, James? Because I thought you were saying she was a makeup artist for the music And I video. had to read that a number of times. And I was, be like, like, Wait. I was like, James, you literally just told me that you weren't including <laughs> right, things. Right. And then I realized that you were saying in the video she yeah. was acting as a, and I was like, right. got it. Right. Uh, she was also in one uh, one episode of House of Lies, which isn't necessarily nerdy, but is also very good. She was in Live Free or Die Hard, and she was on one episode of How I Met Your Mother. Not as one of the kids, though. Not as one of the kids. Right. She was the boy. <laughs> um, only for one episode. He was sick. Right. Exactly. Uh, they filmed them all together, but he was sick for the two hours that he had to film season four, episode 16. Detective Pendergast, who is the name of the detective who shows them around but does nothing when Sousa attacks um, Thompson. Mm-hmm. All right. His name is Glenn, two N's. And his last name is spelled T A R A N T O. Now, I want to call him Glenn Toronto, and that isn't right. I'm sure that's not right. So I think it's probably Taranto, but Glenn Toronto is is one of the coolest names I've heard in a long time. Like Toronto 1940s. T-A-R-A-N-T-O. He was on one episode of Torchwood. Taranto. So he was on one episode of Torchwood, one episode of The Forgotten, one episode of Better Off Ted, one episode of Castle. He's one of these guys. One episode of The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. Uh, he was in the uh, uh, Denzel Washington movie in the Valley of Ela. Um, he was on the only episodes, the only episode of the television show The Black Donnellys that I've ever seen. Uh, I really enjoyed it. The pilot was free on iTunes to promote the new iPod video. He said, and then crumbled to dust. Uh, he was on one episode of Charmed. He was in. He played Gomez Gomez Adams on sixty five episodes of The New Adams Family in the late nineties. Uh, he was on two episodes of Murder, She Wrote, and one episode of uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., which is a uh, Bruce Campbell uh, t- television program that is set in the West. Oh, cool. It is very good. Um, and it has, like, aliens. It's one of those, It's sort of like a opposite of... It's sort of the opposite of Firefly, where it's a okay. Western and there's alien tech versus it's alien tech in a Western. Mm, yeah. Um, and then... Officer Pike is the name of the police officer that pulls them over. Um, and that is the actor is named Dejuan. D A capital J U A N. Dejuan, maybe? Dejuan, I think. Dejuan. Yeah. Dejuan Johnson. Uh, he was on one episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, one episode of Bones, and two episodes of 24. Dejuan the Stone Johnson. He is breaking those gender barriers down, appearing on Bones, but not the mentalist. So. <laughs> He was um, like, ladies, what's up? <laughs> DJ D-A-J Dewan Johnson in the house. His name's DJ, but DJ it also says DJ. DJ DJ DJ. Anyways, I've broken myself. Um, you, you know, like when you put too many <laughs> syllables in the uh, text to talk sound on TikTok, so it just breaks. Yeah, that's what that was a little bit. We're yeah, like, yeah. We're eventually, you're like, ah, 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 but it was live. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. I believe. But you're hearing edited now, by the way. That that exactly. Um, oh, it always 
it's always weird to me to watch. Uh, just one last thought. It's always weird to me to watch uh, like people that we know are criminals or evil or bad guys get pulled over by cops. Yeah. And just how they get out of shit, deal with it. Or mm -hmm. like, are they going to attack the person? Are they going to talk there? Are they going to smile their way out of it? Like it's coming real soon. Exactly. Like that kind of shit. Exactly. And like, you know, uh, Fenhoff turns off the radio and like, mm -hmm. I don't know all the, like, depictions of that in stuff are really interesting and, yeah. and, and kind of weird to me. Anyways, uh, that's all I have. Colin, do you have anything else that you want to do before you break into the Howard Stark wall? I was about to say, I don't. In fact, my only task left is to break into this fucking vault. Uh, and so we're, we're going to do that literally right now. So here do we it. go. Uh, I'm breaking into the vault and I'm going to give you a recommendation. Burr, burr, burr. What I'm going to recommend to you today uh, is I'm going to recommend something that I have not recommended. I don't think on this show, personally, I think Az has technically done this before. Mm. Uh, but I want to recommend to you the Scavengers Network YouTube account and also mm. twitch.tv slash the Scavengers Network. Uh, on a personal note, uh, I have been trying to do my best to do a personal stream if I can. Uh, two times a week, um, unless I'm like, you know, traveling or something like that. Right. Uh, and actually, as we're recording this, I am traveling. So there has not been a stream uh, in a couple of days and there won't be any of the week uh, following this this one. As it happens. Yeah, as it happens. This is a good example of it. No, but uh, I'm trying to do do more some, some more streaming. Uh, there's a couple people who are working on some plans uh, like or, or working on some series rather that they want to stream. Uh, we have some new video stuff that's starting to come out or that's like in the process of like pre-production and stuff like that uh, for this coming year because uh, by the time you're hearing this, we're almost in the new year, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of the big things about this new year is it's actually going to be the fifth year of Scavengers Network. So mm. we're trying to, you know, some of the stuff that we kind of have uh, moved beyond in, in some to some extent or kind of moved away from maybe. Right. We're trying to Quality bring content. back. Okay. Uh, no, boo. <laughs> No, but some of the stuff that we that we kind of moved moved away from just sort of as priorities changed uh, includes a lot of our video stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were like, you know, for the fifth year, let's try and bring some of that stuff back. Uh, right. Hopefully permanently, but like at the very least, like let's just try and like kind of relive some of that stuff. So we're doing a bunch of new series and projects and one-offs and all sorts of things. So check out YouTube.com slash. Uh, okay, this is where it's going to get crazy now. YouTube.com slash the scavengers network will take you to that stuff. And uh, we got a bunch of stuff. We've got as doing some food reviews, uh, some of my shorts, which are things, you know, from TikTok. We have some old snip stuff that's gone up uh, as did a video recently that I edited that I thought was incredible uh, called as is Fortnite number one victory royale any percent speed run. Uh, it, I, it, it's a crazy title. I understand, but it's in my opinion, it's very funny and it's very, very fun. Excellent. So go check those out. Uh, do we have Oddboss going up soon? Is Oddboss going to be on the YouTube? Oddboss thing? won't be up for a bit. Uh, I do have okay. the unedited version up free okay. for anybody to watch. Uh, the plan is to edit it down a little bit more. I'm actually going to try to work on commissioning some extra music for it, actually, mm, is one okay. of the big things. And I, I want to work on a few graphics. That's a big thing. I w I'm trying to get it so that when we put up, like, the final, final version, yeah. uh, it's going to be, like, really, really done up. Like, some of the stuff that we wouldn't be able to do live, you know? Right, um, right. The same way if you're in the live audience for, 
I don't know, like a show like Taskmaster or something. Or, you know? yeah, yeah, just for example, for sure. Just as an example, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that. So anyway, but yeah, that's the stuff that's up there right now. Uh, so go Perfect. check it out. And uh, yeah, that's that. So uh, with that being said, we're done with this episode. So let's get on out of here. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. Excelsior. Hey, quit with the Excelsiors. What did you say to me? Come over here, kid. I'm going to beat you senseless. Punches meat to sound like fights. Hey, shut that baby up. Don't make me come over there. (laughs) I'm going to rip the throat out of this old lady. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.